Thanks for joining us for the Exchange Church Podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Trey Rose. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. I want to, while you're standing, take a moment to welcome... My bad. Um, I want to welcome our online congregation all the way from Lake Cheney, Kansas, Chicago, Illinois, and all over Texas, so many cities. Please make them welcome this morning. So glad that you're here. So first service was fun. Um, Second service is going to be funner. Amen. Are you feeling a bit obnoxious, Anthony, today? Come on, we gotta make some noise up in this place. It's gonna be fun. I wanna invite my wife, Carrie Rose, up to platform real quick. I I love LG, okay, but um, dudes cannot promote flawless like a woman can. And I want you to share your heart for Flawless and what the Lord is doing in that group. I know yesterday you guys went on a nature walk, um, which basically means you sweat. And um, I want you to just share your heart. It was hot. It was 11 o'clock. And when we scheduled it, it was still kind of cool outside. And so we thought, oh, yeah, we'll sleep in and we'll go on this walk at 11. It was so hot. So, yeah, we're going to plan any kind of nature walk a lot earlier next time. But we had such a great time, the, the ladies that came out, and we sweated and enjoyed each other's company. And then we went to go eat lunch together afterwards, and it was just a great, great time. So I just encourage you um, to come out to these events because it's just a great way for us to connect and really get to know each other, spend time with one another, and it's so, so much fun. And so we'd love to have you join us. If, even if you don't know us, we had someone come that... I didn't know, nobody knew, and she just came, and we got to get to know her, and um, just had a wonderful, wonderful time. So I invite you guys to come out. It'll be a great time. Awesome. If you're a lady, say, I'm going. going. If you were born from a lady, say, be there. That means everybody. Thank you, baby. Thank you. I just want to share my heart this morning and what the Lord is doing in me as of late. Um, He's really calling me deeper into his presence. To know him more and see his face more than ever before. Um, So I want to share just some things that he's showing me. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 29 is a single verse that says so much says so much, and it says, um, but if from there, everybody say from there. Now look at your neighbor and say from where? Okay. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all of your soul. But if from there, and the question is from where? If you go back through Deuteronomy chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4, You see the children of Israel coming out of bondage, out of slavery, into 
I guess, a wilderness experience, though I claim that no experience is truly a wilderness experience. There's always something to be learned and something to be had. But they spent 40 years in a place that they should have been only 11 days. 11 days. They spent 40 years in a place where they should have only remained, hello, for 11 days. It's okay. It happens. And so my question to you is, what are the places and what are the areas of our life where we are spending 40 years when the Lord has only called us to remain for 11 days? And what's interesting is in his infinite grace and mercy and love, even in the 40 years, he provided manna. He provided a spring and a well for water. He provided direction. He provided his presence. Even in an area where they should not have been, like past 11 days, like rent is due. Do you know what I mean? Like it's time to pay rent or move on. But he was still merciful. And from that place, from that place of being there way too long, the Lord says, if you seek me, you will still find me. I've not moved on from you. I've not left you in the wilderness and in the desert. I've, I've not left you beside a dry brook. If you seek me, you will find me. Father, we come before you today. And I ask that you would help me to unpack my heart and what you're doing in my life and just do what only you can do, Jesus, because you are the one that saves. You are the one that rescues. You are the one that heals. You are the deliverer. So I ask that you would be among us. Holy Spirit, come. You are welcome in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, I want you to high-five somebody, hug somebody, tell someone they look beautiful. Even if they don't, just say you look awesome. And then you may be seated. My family went to uh, Florida this week. It's a long drive. Um, it's a lot of fun down in Florida, if you ever get there. And uh, we had a great time. It was awesome. I actually, I had the pleasure of meeting a Mexican magician. Mexican magician. Um, or Latino magician. Whatever you want to call it. Um, he was on a sidewalk. He looked really cool. Looked awesome. Dressed like to the nines. And I was like, hey, man. He was like, hola. And um, he said, me llamo es Juan, which means my name is Juan. And he said, um, I, have, I have one trick. And I was like, show me one trick. And so he said, OK, on the count of three, I'm going to vanish. I'm going to disappear. And I'm like, oh, my god, this is crazy. This is like David Copperfield. Like, for real, it's going to get 
either really holy or really satanic super quick. And I'm like, yeah, show me, man. And he was like, uno, dos. And then poof, he was gone. He vanished without a trace. Uno, dos, trace. Vanished. Without a trace. See, that's a joke. Jenny asked me not to say that joke, second service. But I told her, it's good. It has a long shelf life. You just put it in your pocket, and then it, at lunch, you'll pull it out and be like, oh, that's what Pastor meant. Um, it's actually funny. Anyway, we went to Universal Studios, and um, I, we, we did Volcano Bay. Anyone ever been to Volcano Bay before? It's like a water park. You were with us, genius. Anyone other than people that were with us gone to Volcano Bay before? No, it's so good. It's, so, it's like a lot of fun. And just so that you know, when you go, Shane, understand this. 90% of the park is on the other side of the volcano, which we didn't notice that until an hour before the park closed. Um, so we had three rides that we rode so many times. And it, was, it was really fun. But then we were like, oh, wait, this is actually a full theme park. Um, so anyway, go behind the volcano. I was walking up to the volcano ride. It was the first ride of the day, and I was super excited. And um, I had my dry fit t-shirt on, which is cool, because if you wore cotton t-shirt, you had to take it off, and I'm not about that. And I had my dry fit shirt on, got to keep it on, was walking up the steps. And uh, it was awesome. Probably around 20 to 22 steps in, I hit a step that is, is, is wet and slick. Now, it's not just any slick step. It is a really slick step. And so I put all of my weight on this foot, all 149 pounds on, <laughs> on this foot. And the foot slipped out from under me. And I, I busted it, like literally rolled downstairs. And my wife was behind me. And she was like, oh my god, are you OK? And Lawrence was in front of me, and he was laughing. And I grabbed onto the netting to keep myself from going down the other 20 steps. And I, I'm holding on really tight. I'm pretty sure that I broke a couple of toes. Because if you were to look at my foot today, it's purple. Um, everywhere where there's a little toe that attaches to your main foot area, it's all purple and blue. Um, and I emailed Universal hoping to get free tickets. But they just said, sorry for your pain. Um, but anyway. I realized in that moment that I had, I had an encounter with Jesus. I realized just how important it is to have netting and security around you in the moments where you fall when you're not expecting to fall. It's really easy for me to, you know, just run up the steps. And, you know, by the way, Ramona, pride comes before a fall. Because at lunch that day, you guys probably all know I've dealt with gout for a number of years, and I've, I've got it now under control, and I'm healthy, and I'm, I'm able to eat seafood, which was my number one trigger, and I'm so, I would marry seafood if I could. I love seafood, and so at lunch that day, I got fish and chips, and uh, I'm bragging to the table, it's a whole table in my family, and I'm like, oh yeah, my gout is gone. Gout is out, baby. Seafood is on the menu. 
I'm eating fish and chips, and my feet aren't going to hurt. And then I did this, like, really arrogant, like, stomp on the ground, and I'm like, I'm good. Nothing's going to hurt my feet today. And then I fell. I fell off the steps. And my foot swelled up, and it was really awful. And I realized in that moment that sometimes we need things that we don't know that we need until we need it. And I'm driving home, I made it home from Florida in 17 hours and spent a lot of time with Jesus, just thinking and praying and worshiping and we did devotions and did the family thing and it was just a hunger that was stirring inside of me. Because I wonder how often do I overlook the presence of God thinking, oh, it's available when I need it. But then when I need it, and I really need it, I draw on it. But I wonder, what if before I really need it, before my foot hits that step and I fall, and before I'm grasping for something to hold on to, what if I was really engaged in the presence of God over here? So that when I hit that step, my overflow could take care of it, and I'm not pulling on reserves. Children of Israel, 40 years, every 40 years for an 11-day journey. I've learned over the last few weeks, I suppose, that Jesus is truly all that I need. And we say it as a Christian, right? It's kind of, you know, it's the obligatory comment of, oh, Jesus is all that I need. And we say it as if it's just handing out candy, you know? But there's going to come a day in your life when you realize, Luis, Jesus is truly all that we need. And I hope on some level today's that day for you. Because words really fall short in the moment when you step on that slippery step. And I shout out for help. And there's Lawrence laughing. My wife was behind me, but she couldn't stop my tumble. She asked if I was okay, but she couldn't rescue me. And I just wonder, Shane, if if we're ever really as a Christian, as an authentic follower of Jesus Christ, when are you and I going to reach that place in our life where we say, you know what, Jesus is truly all that I need. It doesn't matter how much cash is in my wallet. It doesn't matter what is in my bank account. It doesn't matter the relationship between my kid and myself and my spouse and myself. Like It's important and Jesus wants to heal it. But at the end of the day, the person that's going to stand with me in all of eternity is Jesus Christ, the living and reigning Son of God. So I have three points for you today. Yesterday, Carrie mentioned the ladies went out to, what what'd you call it? A nature walk? Nature walk. It's a hike. It's like a sauna, a nature sauna. Um, that's why... On days like yesterday, I'm glad I'm not a lady because I stay at home and I'm like, bless you. The Lord be with you. May his peace surround you. Go sweat. And so the ladies went and Michaela and Lawrence have a dog named um, 
Maisie. And Maisie is, is fun. She's super fun. She's so beautiful, such a pretty little dog, and so awesome, and such a baby. Like, she doesn't listen at all. And so if she gets out, she will take off running down the neighborhood. She, she, she's actually run to Oklahoma and back before. Um, she just will take off running. And so they took Maisie on a leash. But this park is not like any other park. This park is an off-leash park. So they let Maisie off the leash. And Maisie's following along, having fun. And we have two big dogs. My wife, I'm sorry, my wife has two big dogs and um, Sadie and Casey, and they, they listen, they follow along, whatever. But Maisie, when you add Maisie into the mix, suddenly our dogs don't know how to behave like normal dogs. And so Maisie takes off running, and she's gone. Now, normally Maisie will take off for five minutes, Shane, and then she'll come back, and she'll be right next to you, and she's wet and dripping, and she's gotten in some kind of creek or something. Uh, but this time she was gone for 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Now, if you were a lady in the house and you were on this nature walk, you probably at some point yesterday were yelling, Maisie! Because all the ladies were looking for Maisie. And this guy walks up, finally, 20 minutes later, walks up with Maisie. And he was like, I thought she was lost, and so I wanted to find her owner. And Michaela was like, oh, thank you so much. She's such a silly dog, and we love her. And here's Maisie, and Maisie was reunited, and all was well. But Maisie needed a leash, because Maisie doesn't know how to manage freedom. If you're a parent, you know that sometimes your kids need a leash because they don't know how to manage freedom. So, sometimes, not, and please, if you're watching online or you're watching this years from now, I'm not talking about a physical leash. I'm not talking about child abuse. I'm just saying kids need boundaries, okay? Sometimes we need to <laughs> provide leashes to people. But you know what the problem is? We get so accustomed to the leash that we've attached to our neck that we don't know how to step out into freedom. Because a leash provides comfort. A leash provides comfort, but it limits freedom. Many of us are choosing to walk around with a leash around our neck because we're afraid to break free from the path everyone else is walking on. Everybody else is gossiping, so I can gossip too. Everybody else is complaining, so I can gossip too. Nobody else does the dishes right, so I don't have to do the dishes right either. Nobody else in the neighborhood is mowing their grass, so I don't have to mow my grass either. No one else pulls up the trash can on Wednesday after Tuesday, so I don't have to either. Do you know what I mean? We slip into this mindset where we, we base our life and our decisions and our choices based on what everyone else is doing rather than what Jesus says we should be doing for ourselves. Nobody else brings their Bible to church. It's put up on the screen. I don't need to bring my Bible either. Nobody else reads their Bible every day of the week, so I don't need to read the Bible either. Nobody else prays except for meals and bedtime, so I don't need to pray either. Do you know what I mean? We get wrapped up into culture. You have allowed culture to define your relationship with Jesus more than Jesus defined your relationship with Jesus. Everybody else is bitter, so I can be bitter too. I have a right 
to be angry. Do you know what they did to me? Am I entertaining an angel unaware? Who is that? <laughs> somebody knows. I'm glad somebody knows. I really don't even know how to recover from that. That was, that was the highlight of my ministry career. <laughs> I can't wait to text all my pastor friends and tell them that. I said, do you know what they did to me? And somebody said, yeah. All right, focus, Trey. <laughs> the leash. The leash. Why do we vent? Why do we vent? I hear people all the time, and I've said it myself, I just need someone to vent to. But why? Because misery loves company. Because I need someone else's opinion to validate my actions. Because I don't trust the God of the universe who calls me his own and gives me his authority. I don't, I don't trust him enough to walk out the journey that he's placed before me. And I need someone else to validate me. Why do we vent? I guarantee if you were to take a poll, just record it, keep a little notebook in your pocket. Every time you vent, write it down and write the outcome. 99.9% .9 of the time, venting accomplishes nothing, but it adds layers of wounding to your soul. Because you're not speaking the promise of God over your life, you're speaking the pain of life over your life. So where do we go? We need someone to vent to. Good grief, this life is awful sometimes. So what do we go? What do we do? That brings me to point number two. People will listen. They will always give you their ear. But if you need healing, you take it to God. God is the author and the finisher of your faith. He is the only one with the capacity to bring healing to the depths of your soul and the pain of your heart. We keep expecting friends and family and neighbors and other and strangers, right? It's safe to vent and gossip to strangers because they don't know the person. But the reality is every time we speak negative of someone, we are sending those words on assignment and they always impact our soul. People can give you an ear, but God will bring you healing. 
Healing comes in layers, by the way. I, you know, there are some people out there, Chad, that believe, um, and, and maybe, I believe in miracles. Anyone believe in miracles? I believe in miracles. For myself, I have seen God do much more healing than miracles. In other words, you have bitterness in your heart, unforgiveness in your heart. You have layers of mistrust. You may be angry at God, whatever it is. And, and the Lord is so gentle. He will peel back layer after layer after layer after layer. You don't even realize he's doing heart surgery most times because he's just that good of a father. Now, there are times, miracle moments, where the Spirit of God will hit and all of a sudden everything that you needed to be dealt with is totally gone. And I know that God can do that. He does do that. But he really loves the process of healing. He loves to see how much, Pedro, do you trust me? Can I pull back one more layer? Okay, that was, that was pain-free. Can I, how much do you trust me, Pedro? Can I pull back one more layer? Can I pull back one more layer? You and I have to get to a place where we understand that healing happens in layers, and we can prolong healing by adding layers back on. And every time we rehash that event and we tell someone how we were done wrong, and we tell someone how this person made us angry and this person did us wrong and did this and did that and how we lost everything, that we, every time we speak it from our mouth, we're adding another layer. And Jesus steps back and he looks and he's like, okay, you're making my job a little bit longer. That's fine. But I had already peeled back that layer. We don't have to go there again. You and I have to understand that when there is healing that takes place in our heart, we fought for that healing and we've contended for that healing and Jesus has already paid the price for that healing. You and I have to get to a place where we stop making him pay the price again. People listen, but God heals. So what are you saying, Trey? What are you saying? Don't talk to anybody. I just need to stuff everything and let it boil up till someday I explode. That's not at all what I'm saying. Because point number three is we still need people. We still need people. If you look at Jesus... When Lazarus died, Jesus, he showed up. And Jesus is Jesus, Lexi. Like, he knows everything. You know, like Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, right? Are you with me, church? He already knew that. Yet he wept. He found Mary and he wept. Why did Jesus weep? when he knew 30 seconds later Lazarus was going to raise from the dead. Jesus wept, I believe, because he wanted to validate the pain that Mary was experiencing. And we need each other to validate the pain that we're experiencing. But we don't stay on the pain. Like, I love all of you. I count you my family, but listen, I don't want you in my living room crying with me all day long when something goes wrong. I want you in my living room crying with me for 30 minutes and then you point to the promise. 
You point to the tomb where Lazarus is going to shake off those grave clothes, where Jesus is going to conquer death, hell, and the grave. You, you point to the promise where Jesus is taking me, not where circumstances have me. Like we, we need each other to validate pain. But more than you validating my pain, you better promote my promise. I want to pray over you today. Actually, I feel like there are a few people here this morning I feel like there are a few people here that need someone to partner with their promise. You've been trying to carry it yourself. You've been trying to believe and trying to hold on and, and believing that you're gonna see the goodness of God, but you're tired. And you just need someone to come alongside you, not to partner with your pain, but to partner with your promise. If that's you, will you stand to your feet? I'm sure there are many of us here this morning you're just ready for people to partner with the promise God has placed over your life. Will you stand to your feet right now? Those of you standing, will you come down to the front real quick? And leave some space because we're going to build an army around you, people that are going to hold your hands up and people that are going to fight in your corner and believe and contend for that which God has promised you. So church, if you're here this morning and you want to partner with any one of these people, please surround them right now. Anthony, I know a bit of your story, a bit of your story, and I just want to encourage you because I believe um, since you were a baby, you were, you were kind of known as the boy with love, like just very loving, very generous, open heart towards people, and the enemy has tried to squash that. But the Lord wants you to know he's watering those seeds and he will complete what he started in you. So I just speak peace over your heart. Fresh wind, fresh breath from heaven to remind you of just how loved you are and how much love you have to give. You, sir, are a gift to this world from heaven. And it's time that you believe that again. You believed it at one point, and somewhere along the way, you lost focus of that. But the Lord is calling you back to that, to your identity as a son. You're not an orphan. You are a son. Michaela, will you, where's Michaela? Will you lead us in prayer?
God, I just thank you that you take all of our disappointments, that you allow us to celebrate again. So Lord, I just speak peace over everybody represented up here and everybody in the seats who didn't come forth. God, that you would just help our, our hearts to, to just be able to rest in you and to stop rehashing things, stop living in our pain over and over again, God. Just redeem all of our emotions right now, all of our negative emotions. I just believe that right now you're supernaturally redeeming those emotions. Anger is bowing right now to the name of Jesus. Hopelessness is bowing to the name of Jesus. Mistrust of people is bowing to the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you that after today, you're going to start sending people to everybody that's up here. You're going to start sending people that are going to champion them more than they've ever been championed in their whole life. Lord, that people are just going to start coming to them and, and, and building that friendship, building those relationships. God, highlight those people to them right now. Just bring that to the forefront of their mind. Those people, the right people around them that are going to lift them up, that are going to point them to your promises and not allow them to just wallow in their pain. And I just hear you saying, Lord, right now that it's actually okay that you're still in this process. It's okay. Don't feel ashamed about it, that you're still rehashing things. Don't feel ashamed about it, but know that you're better than this. And that he's going to take you higher with him together. Y'all are going to go higher together in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for the healing that's taking place. Yes, Lord. And we just seal this right now with moment of worship. Will you just join us in worship? Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear how God is moving in your life. Share your story by visiting theexchangechurch.org and click on connect to contact us.